Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today, I've got Dante Ludstrom with me. He's a buddy of mine. We used to work together in actually the same undisclosed location in Nashville that me and Paul Brady used to work. Uh, you haven't heard him on the podcast for a while. He'll be coming on soon, hopefully. Uh, we all kind of went our separate ways, but all for the better. Uh, Dante's here today. We're going to mainly talk, I think, about Canelo versus Triple G, but we'll see where the conversation goes. Uh, for the listeners, man, how you doing? Good, good, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. <clears throat> was, uh, a lot of stuff going on this last weekend here with some of the fights going on. Did you order it here at the house? or? Yeah, I watched it here at the place. Um, for anyone listening, like my setup here, I've got two 55-inch TVs. So I had uh, the UFC, the Rockhold versus Branch uh, fight night card on one TV, and I had Canelo Triple G running on the other one. So I was able to able to check out both that night, which was great. Yeah, that's dope. I didn't see, of course, you know, I looked in and watched some of the results of, uh, um, of the fight night, but uh, I had only ordered Canelo Triple G um, at the house, some of the undercard, some of the undercards were fairly interesting. Um, <clears throat> I know Diaz uh, Diaz went to work um, in the featherweight matchup, but um, I don't know. At, at the end of the night, I pretty much went went pretty much right back up to my room, <laughs> shut the door, and slept as soon as I heard the decision because I was not very happy about uh, about the Triple G and Canelo. Uh, just just judgment call, man. Cool. Well, let's talk about it, man, because. You know, going into this fight, I said it was going to be really important for the sport of boxing that this fight delivered. And I think the fight itself did deliver. I yeah. thought it was a really good fight. I mean, anyone who just tuned in for the first time to watch boxing, you got to watch a really good matchup between two of, you know, probably the best guys going right now, especially at that weight class or the surrounding weights, of course. Of course. Two guys going in ready to fight. Um, you know, my, my original prediction, um, you know, I, I had Canelo going into the fight. And uh, throughout the first few rounds, I, I loved the way Canelo looked. I mean, overall, if you're just an overall boxing fanatic, I loved, you know, Canelo's movement, his head movement, um, and just, you know, pretty much his, his agility and, and moving around the ring in general to kind of neutralize Triple G's style. And he's pretty much like the only fighter so far to neutralize uh, Triple G's, you know, overall presence. Just kind of how he uh, just overall dominates you, but then... You know, Triple G came in, I'd say probably around four and five, started cutting off the ring exactly how he usually does and kind of imposing as well. But um, I don't think I don't think that either of those guys landed too, you know, hard of a power shot on each other for it to really dictate or do the huge knockout um, or, you know, decisive win that everyone was kind of thinking it was more than likely going to be. Right. Well, and at the end of the day, like, I mean, when I watched it live and, I mean, anyone who listens – any like I guess long time listener to this knows I follow professional boxing but I don't watch it religiously like I watch mixed martial arts like I watch professional wrestling like I know enough about it to make like an educated guess but I'm not I'm no I'm no bona fide expert but when I was watching Canelo versus Triple G I thought it was pretty clear that Triple G had done enough to win a decision like I, I couldn't see and I and here's the thing even if it was a draw which which is what it ultimately wound up being and there's scorecards that are close or draws. Like, I understand a close scorecard, but then that Adelaide Bird scorecard of, what was it, 118 to 110, yeah. that puts a, a dark cloud over the entire the entire sport of boxing, really, because until stuff like that stops happening, boxing is just not... Like, boxing has had a better year than mixed martial arts so far this year, in my opinion. There's been a lot of stuff that's fallen off the UFC, a lot of injuries, a lot of suspensions. So boxing, they're like, this is their chance to really shine, especially coming off Mayweather-McGregor. And I hate that I hate that there's this, this Adelaide Bird out there who ha is known for doing this. And if 
if this if this judge isn't taken like off or suspended because I've heard as of yesterday at least she she still isn't off of the no like she's still going so it's like I don't know I think that definitely needs to be brought up because I think that's just a complete bullshit just scorecard and dark cloud over the whole thing but even for people like even if even if you're not even as educated as I am about boxing and you thought it was closer than I did like it was a damn good fight you we seem to cut that shit out from boxing where there's always these notorious fucking just awful scorecards that happen in these big fights like like Brendan Schaub called it before the fight I was mm-hmm. listening to him say I heard that too you heard that too I, what did he say something like if Canelo doesn't win decisively it will be a decision yeah, no, he said it was, well, he just, you know, for, he called it for what it is, and that's exactly my viewpoint. I didn't, I didn't hear his, uh, you know, his take on it until after, um, you know, after the fight, but he, you know, he just called, you know, straight up, boxing is corrupt. Right. So, you know, I think, it, I think he said if Triple G um, doesn't win by knockout, then it's going to be, uh, then it's going to be uh, a draw, or bottom line right. is that it's corrupt. Either way, that there was, unless there was a definitive a definitive end to the fight there was going to be some sort of corrupt decision that was going to help but in their mind help boxing because you're, you're leading well i guess for anyone who's listening that like might not get what i'm getting at at least is like it's it all it almost looks like a setup like it, the the fight's clearly real i mean i have no doubt in my mind that canelo and triple g were trying to beat each other but the people behind the scenes pulling the strings have it set up already to where okay well now we have a draw set up now we're going to try to draw people into a rematch mm-hmm. and like it's it's trying to set up multiple things versus just being a pure sport of seeing who's at the end of the day it happens in pro wrestling all the time also as well as mma like people losing like that isn't that bad of a deal if the fight's good like if canelo lost that fight is anyone really not going to want to watch canelo fight no. his next fight i mean no absolutely not i mean even if it, even if he did lose which you know i'm i'm in your i'm with you on that opinion as far as triple g doing enough when you come down to just straight clear boxing when when you when you look at the rules of boxing i think that you know his ring control um his punches landed etc all came down to triple g winning on the judges scorecards um, you know that that that's important, but even if Canelo did take a loss, you know, due to the store cards or um, after the decision, um, I still don't doubt that there would have been a rematch. But the draw portion of it, uh, you know, th- does make it seem like oh well, there was no clear winner. It, it, it's going to have to drive more pay per view wins. Right. Well, you know, I think that uh, sure, sure, and I think that um, as more of like an MMA fan, I guess from the outside looking in on, on that match between Canelo and Triple G. In the boxing world, I mean, I, I think that Canelo did more damage as far as like power punches were concerned. Like I, I saw him throw some serious body shots. Mm-hmm. I saw him throw some serious. I mean, he got some good headshots in there too. Mm-hmm. I like I said, I think I think Triple G did enough to win the fight. I think that he he landed more. Um, he looked better. He looked like he could have fought another twelve rounds after that. His conditioning mm-hmm. was insane. Yeah, he did have great conditioning. Um. But so like so, you know, nothing away from Canelo, and it's kind of like the McGregor thing. Yeah, I mean that's a whole other scenario. But I mean McGregor got knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. Are you really telling me that anybody who I mean even just casual people, if you're Conor McGregor is going to box again, people are going to go buy it. Like I mean, even mm-hmm. though he lost, mm-hmm. it's still entertainment, and he's still good. These these guys, I, I guess I guess I'm putting too much emphasis on it, but I just I hated that draw, and I, it just put a damper. It put a damper on a, on a really good fight, and, and all eyes were on this because all the boxing purists out there leading up to the fight, leading up to McGregor versus Mayweather, were going, this is bullshit, this fight shouldn't happen, like, the real fight is 
Triple G Canelo. The real fight Triple G Canelo. Right. Everyone tune in for Triple G Canelo. This is real boxing. So everyone did. Mm-hmm. And then we got that. And it's like, it's a great, I mean, it was a great fight. But well, damn. Yeah, and it makes you lose, it makes you lose faith overall. Um, you know, and just the, some of the judges' decisions that you're going to say, okay, if this is going to come down to money and what you guys feel is going to be the next great greatest thing. And it's almost kind of hard not, you know, not to believe that because like kind of going back to Mayweather and McGregor, you know, with Floyd being out and him being the pay-per-view king, et cetera, uh, you know, it, it's hard not to, to turn that, you know, conspiracy shoulder away, if you will, and say, hey, well, you know, if we have the two, you know, arguably greatest boxers at this time, um, I don't know if you had watched the <clears throat> um, the Kovalov and uh, Andre Ward fights, uh, that, that, that duo, did you see those? I, I have seen Andre Ward fight recently, and I don't know if I've seen that fight, though. He, he had just recently fought uh, Sergey Kovalov for the second time as well, and he TKO'd, uh, TKO'd him due to a body shot, but that was another huge, you know, undefeated, undefeated, and then they had a second round, too. Gotcha. You know, with, the, with, that, with that, you know, trilogy out of the way, with that out being a competition, without Floyd in the picture anymore, um, you know, pretty much unless McGregor comes directly back to boxing, which is unlikely. Well, unlikely, sure. but, you know, he's a money man, so that very small chance he could come back. But unless McGregor comes back, you know, they really didn't have anything else to, to go off of as far as the boxing industry and getting the pay-per-view attention that they want. Right, and, and that's, I mean, that's a big problem. I mean, it's a problem that, that's been, I mean, just boxing in general over the last, like, 10 years or so. Like, some guys have come and gone. Like, I mean, I, I, I thought years ago the next big thing was going to be Timothy Bradley. Like, I thought he was going to be the next one that came in mm-hmm. and, like, really took it by a storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's been good, but he hasn't taken over like I expected. Um, and there's been some other guys who have come and gone. But we're seeing more and more nowadays, of course, younger kids getting into MMA and really wanting to become, you know, UFC fighters or mm-hmm. just fighting, you know, mixed martial arts in general, learning all the disciplines versus just boxing. But I think that's been the problem in finding new stars in boxing is there just hasn't been a whole lot of exciting, young, and, like, not necessarily undefeated, but you got to start padding the records, too. That's a big thing in boxing is, like, getting these guys in there for, like, you know, 20, 25. I mean, throwing, throwing them the tomato can opponents, mm-hmm. having them go in there and destroy people, pad the records, get people interested. Yeah. Now it's like you got 25 and over, 25 and 0. Mm-hmm. People start buying it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's funny that you say that, but... Um, is that not true, though? No, it definitely is. Because, uh, I mean, even if you look, uh, not to take away from any of the undercard in there, but, you know, when I was watching some of the undercard, never hearing of any of those fighters, uh, you know, come up and looking at Because it was pretty much an all-undefeated undercard, if right. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone's undefeated. I'm like, who the hell are these guys? But, um... <clears throat> Whereas, like, an MMA, you know, if you're watching the UFC, like, it's two of, like, two guys who absolutely, like, belong... Unless it's CM Punk. Mm-hmm. They're two guys who belong in the UFC. Mm-hmm fighting each other and like one guy's gonna win one guy's gonna lose unless right. there's some sort of draw whereas in boxing you get like like we're talking about like i mean it, it's a bad comparison but i bet you i could look at like any big time any t- big time boxer right now that i i mean because i do know the big names and look at like their first like 20 fights mm-hmm. i'm not gonna recognize like any of those even no of there. course not no um <clears throat> but you know it, it's pretty much you know just kind of like even in even in mma or or the UFC, I mean, I, I don't think that both, you know, Canelo and Triple G went in there, you know, try, I, they, they boxed, you know, they went in there, they boxed, they figured out each other's styles, they were, you know, doing what they needed to do um, to, to, you know, win the boxing match, but, you know, bottom line is, I think that, I do think that the second fight will be a little bit more different if they know that that's on the line and if it's going to be that close, because these guys have sparred together before. Right. Uh, Canelo helped out Triple G, you know, just a couple years back and, and was in his training camp and, and they've sparred their buddies. So, I mean, they knew each other's style. They, you know, they, that's why, 
Canelo was able to neutralize Triple G's, uh, you know, style and, and power, and that's why he respected, why Triple G respected Canelo's power, and why he wasn't just bum rushing him the whole first round because he's like, dude, if he catches me, you know, whatever. But um, <clears throat> you know, kind of going back with that, um, you, you don't ever let it go to the to the judges' scorecard. I mean, if you, sure. uh, anything can happen when it comes to the judges, and that's why that's a statement because you, unless you unless you decisively win, whether it be UFC or boxing. Um, you know, there, there's a chance of that happening, which, you know, the reality of that sucks, but, um, you know, I think the second fight will be much different, and they're going to know that, you know, hey, somebody's getting knocked out, uh, we're, we're not playing this draw BS again. Yeah, and I hope we don't see a draw and rematch, for sure. I, you know, and that's that's a whole other thing, like the scoring in MMA and the scoring in, in boxing, like, bo- that, and that's what, that's what baffles me about, like, when people get it wrong in boxing. Like, I know that there's a lot of stuff that's going to be questionable or like people are gonna have varying opinions on like if, if neither person gets dropped in a round and it's fairly close you're just you're just picking okay this guy gets 10 this guy gets nine i thought this guy did a little bit better than that guy like it's close whereas like an mma that scoring system still just it's they should not be using the boxing scoring system mm-hmm. for mma like yeah. it's it's that i think we see it we see it in mma almost every single show where there's a decision that just doesn't make really any sense or like like we saw in boxing where like one of the judges like it's a split decision you know two judges go with fighter a one fighter goes with you know fighter b and the person who took fighter b had the fighter b winning all three rounds and it's mm-hmm. like how could how could we all be watching the same thing mm-hmm. and see it that differently and you're a professional mm-hmm. like it's your job to mm-hmm. to be able to recognize so i think i think a lot needs to be done about the scoring system but in, in both sports, but that's what really frustrates me about boxing is it, it's pretty clear cut. Like someone gets dropped, you lose a point. Okay, and then there's like this, there's there's gonna be points taken away for if you're like low blowing or like any kind of illegal activity or something like that. Like you and you can keep score at home. I'll also mention one thing I really really hate about boxing uh, the production of major boxing events. I hate this, and the UFC doesn't do it, and I'm glad they don't. I hate that they have that like the fake scorecard like the guy sitting in like yeah, the like the bot the the, yeah, yeah, yeah who and they put it on the screen it's like this one guy's opinion and mm-hmm. it totally sways the viewer mm-hmm. especially the casual viewer who already doesn't know mm-hmm. what they're watching yeah. now they think like like when I was watching like Mayweather versus McGregor I think the guy on the screen had it like two like they had like Mayweather uh, winning I think all rounds but but two or something up going into like the the seventh round or something I can't remember exactly what it was but I remember looking at that and being like I think I think McGregor might be doing a little bit better than mm-hmm. what he's saying. Same yeah. kind of thing happened with the Triple G Canelo. That scorecard goes up, and I'm like, I don't I don't know if I agree with what, like, and this guy isn't part of the he's not actually part of the three person scoring team. Like, right. so this is just some guy's opinion right. who isn't even a part of it. So I, I don't know why they do that. Yeah, that. you know, and like you said, I mean, I learned to take that because I've been watching boxing for a while. I mean, I learned to take that, you know, just as, like you said, just as somebody else's opinion. They're, they're always going to have one. Uh, but it, it definitely can. You know, if somebody t- just turns on around or if somebody walks in late to, to a viewing party or something like that and they see it on there, and, you know, without hearing, without talking to anybody else, they're going to have that idea of what's going on. Right. Um, but, you know, that, that's not always necessarily the case scenario. I mean, like you said, because I remember specifically in all those scorecards, score he'd had, um, one, one, of the, one, over the, one of the two had it, um, of course, Canelo winning about two rounds and Triple G having the rest. But then, of course, when it comes down to what matters, which is the judges' scorecards and ends up on the fighters' records, you know, you get a 118 to 110, you know, sway. Um, so, you know, it, it's just somebody's opinion. 
but dude, did you, uh, <laughs> those guys have an effing chin. Both of those guys. I don't think that either of them landed anything too heavy, um, but they were both eating each other's shots. Oh, yeah. I, I was very impressed. And, like, my biggest criticism with, with boxing, like, historically, we're not even historically, I'd say over the last handful of years, when I watch, uh, especially someone like Floyd Mayweather, who I absolutely respect and I recognize as probably the best ever, definitely the best defensive boxer ever. I'll give yeah, him that for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, usually when I watch high-level boxing, what I usually see, unless it's a Mexican fighter, because usually those guys go pretty pretty at it almost always. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I love guys like Canelo. Yeah. But a lot of the time, it's a 12-round fight, and the first, like, seven or eight rounds like there really isn't much going on and then they really turn it on at the end Mm -hmm. and i've always been like well then why don't they just make it like a five round fight and like let let them go at it Mm -hmm. but that's what i loved about this fight is because i think from round one all the way through round 12 like there was no point during that fight where i thought it was boring that i thought the guys were coasting i mean it was they were both trying to win from from the jump and i definitely respect that yeah and um you know a lot of that too you know necessarily just a lot of that one is just because of Triple G style. You know, he's gonna he's gonna stalk you. He's gonna run you down, and he usually you know just suffocates his opponent his opponents to the point where you know after they catch a few of those a few of those shots that that man hits hard. Uh, I mean, like his his sparring partners have to wear have to wear gear. Uh, they have to wear the what are they the, the vests on your on your stomach essentially because that man will crush you. And so, <clears throat> like you know, he suffocates his opponent to that point. Um, doesn't give them a break, is constantly pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, and Canelo naturally is a counterpuncher, um, which is his style, um, until you know he senses that his opponent's starting to get tired a week, and then he starts coming in a little bit more. So their styles, stylistically, like you said, it matched up fine. That's why it wasn't a boring fight, because both styles played into each other. Um, and, and Canelo you know, more so had to play on the counterpunching side than, than on the aggressive side. Um, but no, I mean, overall, still was a good fight. I just, uh, you know, I wish that uh, all the judges saw the same thing. Or at, le- at least give somebody a, a win and a loss with, with, with a one-point or two-point difference. That's, that's probably even better for the fighters. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, when I was watching that also, when I was watching uh, Canelo and Triple G, you know, I honestly thought when I when I watched them fight that either of those guys actually probably would do pretty well in MMA if they if they wanted to fight MMA. I know like they they would definitely need a ground game for mm-hmm. sure, mm-hmm. but watching guys like that with that kind of power and that kind of cardio, mm-hmm. like Triple Triple G especially, just I don't know why it stood out so much to me. It was so impressed by the guy's cardio. Like, yeah, and that I was surprised like, me. I yeah. didn't think you, I didn't think he was gonna hold him that long that long that well. So I, when I watched that kind of stuff, it gives me kind of hope too. Where like. Because we all saw, we all saw, you know, James Tony years ago come over and try to fight Randy Couture, and that was, you know, Couture destroyed him, mm-hmm. put him, put him on his back, choked mm-hmm. him. It was, it was like it was nothing. Yeah. But, you know, then we saw May, uh, McGregor go over and fight Mayweather, and did, in my opinion, he did fucking great for mm-hmm. a guy with no boxing experience. I mean, what more could you really ask for? And then. Now the big thing is like, well, will any of these boxers return the favor? Like, because we know Mayweather is never going to go fight in the no, UFC. Like, that would be stupid. And he's too old. Yeah, and, he's yeah. Really too old. But I mean, maybe a guy like Canelo or, or something like that. I mean, like maybe, maybe if if anyone. I mean, I, as I'd like, I'd like to see it happen. Even though I know that if you match him up with anyone with like a strong ground game, you put you put even the heaviest handed guy in there against like a Damian Maya type guy, like. Mm. Even if Damian Maya, as long as he doesn't have to eat a punch, mm-hmm. you grab him and it's over. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I'd like to see it because there's all this talk now too about 
uh, Mal Maljani Mal Malaji how the hell is yeah, that Pauly, guy? I don't know. Pauly Malajaji, yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever his name um, is. because you know now there's the whole beef with him and Connor, and now yeah, apparently like he's teasing that he might come and fight him in, in MMA, and that's it's never gonna happen. But do you have any kind of opinion, or do you have any interest in even seeing like a really high level boxer who maybe had like six months to a year to just train takedown defense? Like go in there and and go in there against someone. Maybe not against Conor McGregor because mm-hmm. you know he's a pretty damn high level MMA fighter. Yeah. But maybe I mean not CM Punk either. CM Punk would get right. killed and by any of those guys. That was, that was going to be the first example. Well, CM Punk versus Canelo, the real super fight. <laughs> CM Punk versus <laughs> exactly. Canelo. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, as far as a high level boxer coming in, I really wouldn't want to see any anything like that happen without at least minimum four or five years of training. Yeah, uh, that's from understandable. The, from the sure. boxer. And that's just simply because I, I have an MMA background. Of course, I rolled jiu-jitsu as well. And, you know, that's not that's not ever something where, <clears throat> I mean, like you said, yeah, the, the cardio is probably going to be on point, you know, which is also, too, um, you know, the same reason why, um, you know, Nate and Nick Diaz do so well. Um, and, and they have hands for one, and then, you know, the boxing cardio is absolutely ridiculous, um, which was, of course, McGregor's downfall in his fight. Not only just being outclassed by by Floyd, but his downfall is his cardio towards you know round eight. Um, <clears throat> but you know, if somebody's going to come in from boxing, they're going to need you know at least at least uh, you know very high potential um, you know minimum blue belt in in BJJ. Uh, you know they're going to have to have some great takedown defense because it would just be it would just be a wreck show, man. It would, it would well, be traumatizing. You know, and I'll put this and obviously. You got to understand where I'm coming from from this comparison. Anyone listening, I'm not comparing CM Punk to any of these high-level boxers. I'm not, but I'm just saying, like CM Punk, who was a professional wrestler in very good shape, who had experience with jiu-jitsu going into it, it, it that what he did against Mickey Gall, granted Mickey Gall is way better than we realized he was when he fought CM Punk. Since then, he's destroyed Sage Northcutt, and he, I mean he's a very good fighter, mm-hmm. but. So that was CM Punk. We saw what his ground game looked like against Mickey Gall, right? Pretty much non-existent. Yeah. We all, all ran right through him like fucking like like wet paper. Mm-hmm. That was after two full years of CM Punk doing nothing but right. going right from pro wrestling into nothing but MMA training for mm-hmm. two full years. Mm-hmm. And Mickey Gall, like like it was it was like Punk had never trained before. Mm-hmm. And that's also too you know another reason why I I think it would take such a long time because yeah you know their their cardios you know they're all right, so let's say we'll use fake example. We'll use uh, Canelo as an analogy. Sure. You know, Canelo right now, where he's at in his prime, you know, let's say he wins, you know, his next five fights, um, his, he's physically still, you know, pretty much in his prime. He's still a young guy. Yeah. Um, obviously powerful. Um, you know, he's fighting, you know, right now his last fight was at 160. So, you know, we'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Say he's fighting either at, uh, he's fighting either at welter or he's fighting at light heavyweight. Well, for one, you know, when Connor had to come in, and box Floyd, they're only having to limit down to one practice because MMA fighters, that's a lot. E- I, I would imagine that's a lot easier to go ahead and zone and say, hey, well, you know, for my training camp, whether I'm fighting, you know, Khabib or, or I'm fighting Tony Ferguson or whatever, instead of me training all around like my normal training camps have been for all my MMA fights, I'm just going to go ahead and box. And that's all I have to do. Or even if you were to go fly to freaking, you know, Vietnam or something and, and, and do a, a Muay Thai or whatever it may be. I, I only have to focus on Muay Thai. I only have to focus on boxing. Boxers coming up, when I trained boxing when I was in high school, yeah, look at every boxer's workouts. There's barely anybody out in, in the boxing world that does anything too unorthodox. They all, you know, they all punch the same. They all warm up the same. They all have heavy bags. They all have, 
tennis ball, they all have coordination techniques that are almost identical. Everything's the same when it comes for boxers, so it would be a lot harder for a professional boxer, you know, especially at an elite level, outside of the cardio aspect, which they would still have to work on. When it's also different cardio wrestling versus boxing, mm-hmm. but for sure, right? So they, I, I, to me, I'd imagine it would be way harder to, to break, you know, your... Uh, you know your habits we're all creatures of habit to break that habit of oh hey you know I punch this way whatever um, you know going into MMA where you know hey cool maybe you you dodged a you know right straight by you know leaning to the left by X amount but guess what you know here comes a left round round a roundhouse you know right. <laughs> like, sure, you're, sure. you're gonna get caught well I think that's interesting you bring that up because it, it is de- it is definitely even though you have to have like incredible cardio to do either it is different because we even saw that with uh, with McGregor as far as like we saw we've seen McGregor have slight cardio issues in the UFC before, mm-hmm. um, but I think uh, something that I don't think is as highlighted and I've heard some experts talk about it since Mayweather versus uh, McGregor happened that McGregor used a ton of energy basically wrestling and clinching with Floyd, yeah, whereas yeah. Floyd didn't use any. Like Floyd knows from that position, there's nothing any like there's not he's not going to get hit. Nothing's going to happen. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to use any energy. All he has to do is just is just standing there. Mm-hmm. And and Connor's like out of instinct and, and mm-hmm. everything. He's fighting for a position on the feet. He's mm-hmm. getting behind him. He's he's shuffling around. He's doing. He's basically trying to tie clinch the dude. And it's mm-hmm. like. Man, had he not done any of that, he would yeah. have had way more gas in the tank exactly. the last two rounds. And he admitted to that too at the end and in a couple of his interviews. And then imagine, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, I've still been I've still been trained by some of the best of the best. Um, you know, a, a, as an elite boxer, I, I'm in my fourth, fifth year. I'm about to take on this fight versus, well, even just say Rafael dos, dos Anjos and Canelo, that hy- metaphorically speaking. Sure. And you know, he gets in the clinch and he's under the big lights, like he's gotten paid millions of dollars to do before. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's catching an inside elbow or you know what I'm right. saying? And it's like, what the hell is going on? Well, that was a big thing with the McGregor fight was, you know, there I'm sure you know, but there was specific things in that contract about like any anything other than a punch that he threw, I think it was like ten mil every single time yeah. he threw something like that. Ten million dollars. <laughs> that's amazing. No, I mean, yeah, that's amazing, but I mean Floyd's a businessman too. He's like, dude, you know smart. I understand what this risk is, but if you're gonna be dirty and you're gonna pay for it. Well what if I'm almost thinking like, what if Floyd? Or what if Connor like knew he'd get away with like not getting DQ'd, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'll throw two elbows." What's what's twenty fucking mil? Like, yeah. whip it, we got a chance of knocking him out. Like, yeah. throw a couple elbows, get him all dis- disoriented, and hit him with a punch. A but, lot of people wanted to see that, but yeah, everyone. I really wanted to see a, like a like a heel kick. You know, just like a spinning heel kick or something. Just whack, KO, grab the mic, come meet me in the octagon, yeah, motherfucker. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Well, and then and not only not only just the money just straight off the top too, but I know that it, they said it would turn into a lawsuit. Which, I mean, if you're going up against Floyd May money, or Floyd May money, <laughs> Floyd money Mayweather lawyers, you might as well just be you know fighting a, a Fortune ten company's <laughs> lawyers. You have zero chance in hell. He's gonna win every time. Yeah, every single time. I've told I'll tell a very very condensed version of the story. Have I ever told you about this, the time when I I met Floyd twice when uh-huh. I lived in Orlando? No. So I was working at a hotel. It's like the last story we'll tell. This will pretty much wrap it up. This is a good. This is a good stop. This is a good episode. About a half hour or so. Um, I was working in a hotel in Orlando, Florida. It was the first job I ever had out of college. I was working the front desk. It was a four star, four diamond, four diamond hotel. I'll mention it now because it's been bought out since. It's called the Peabody in Orlando. There's one in Memphis as well, um, here in Tennessee. And Floyd would stay there whenever he was in Orlando. 
so he came in there and I was working the front. This is actually right after he had knocked out Victor Ortiz. Mm. So the cheap one. The yeah, the one where he wasn't <laughs> looking at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to to his credit, like he shouldn't have like that's partly on the ref, that's partly on Ortiz for like just protect yourself at all times. Protect yourself at all times. So anyway, so I'm like hot off of that too, and I'm living in Orlando. Like, there's a lot of Hispanics where I live who hate this dude because they're. I mean, Victor Ortiz, all the boy, mm-hmm. you know. So he comes in there, he buys a whole floor of this hotel, right? Yeah. For like, it's like I couldn't even tell you how many thousands of dollars. Like, I mean, like over ten thousand dollars, and he, it's all cash. He has it's like that giant white dude who's always his like bodyguard at all mm-hmm. the events and always has the backpack. Mm-hmm. He was there with him, and Floyd's standing there with like a hoodie on and his, his shades and I know it's him and he's got his bodyguard and they got this cash but he, they hand us so much money in cash for this floor of this this hotel and they bought it for three nights mm-hmm. okay cool no problem they're there for one night night two rolls around and they say hey we're uh, we're gonna up and bounce like we're actually not gonna stay the next two nights like we got other stuff to be at blah 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 and we're like oh that's no problem so and we, we offer refunds like in that stuff so we're gonna give them their money back mm-hmm. no problem we're like, hey, we'll, we'll write you a check for mm-hmm. all this money. Uh-uh. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Only cash. Yeah. We went back and forth with his team about, because, I mean, because we don't have that cash anymore. Like, the cash comes in, we put it in a bank, and yeah. then the bank take, we don't have, you know, 20, whatever is 20K sitting in the in the register at Why this. Why would we hold on to yeah. that? Yeah. So, we offered to write the check, blah, blah, blah. After a ton of back and forth, eventually the armored fucking security van pulls up with like people with like guns and shit they come out the back of it from the bank mm-hmm. with all this money so that Floyd can get his get his, his cash refund. money even though we would have wrote him a check in like three seconds it would have just been over but in, instead he opted for like the hour long process of getting like the bank and like the police involved yeah. and getting him his cash and he could so already been on his he could have been on his way yeah. hours back well and at that point too I mean I get the whole principle of, of that too um, but you know <laughs> well, I'm just like I'm just like, is this really anything to this guy? Like twenty thousand? Exactly. Like, at the, like this is right off the the Ortiz fight. Like this, I know this guy just made like two hundred mil just to Easy. just to show up a few yeah. weeks ago. But uh, <laughs> like, I, I suppose he would probably like better better off to argue than 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 have it be a check. Well, and the best is how he like he doesn't even deal with it. He just stands there with his with his arms crossed and lets his lets his goons do yeah. all the all the work, you know. But that all being said, I mean, I must have told him five different times that I was a fan of his while I was standing there. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, I'm like, I'm not trying to make this hard, man. Like, I'm, I just watched your. Fight. I was the only guy in the bar rooting for you, man. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, so that awesome. all being said, hey, thanks for coming on, Dante. We'll do it again soon. Uh, before we get out of here, let people know where they can find you at, and uh, if there's anything else you want people to know about, let them know. Yeah, no, man. Just, just Dante. I'm in Nashville, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty on incognito, so I don't have any social media or nothing fun for me. Cool. So there it is. Uh, that's that. This is fight talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll, uh, I'll shoot the advertisements either at the end here, and you'll hear them, or you'll hear them at the beginning. But either way, thanks for listening. All right. You know what? Like I just said, let's do the advertisements at the end this time. Let's switch it up a little bit. So here we go. Shout out to Heroes and Legends, celebrating 15 years in business. They are a pro wrestling collectible company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Give them a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling, and catch them live at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, as November the 25th. Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, two massive legends in the world of mixed martial arts as well as professional wrestling, will be there live in the house, telling stories 
taking pictures, doing autographs, the whole deal. It's going to be a great time. I'm going to be there also. So say hey to me, the folks at Heroes and Legends, Ken Shamrock, and Dan Severn live at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on November the 25th. Also, jump on WrestleRumble.com right now. What WrestleRumble is, is pro wrestling fantasy pick'em contests, and you can win money and big prizes. It's always awesome. The No Mercy Pick'em Contest is up and ready to go. It's this Sunday. I'm going to be doing an official WrestleRumble.com prediction podcast like I always do. That'll be coming up really soon. You'll you'll hear it any day now. But jump on WrestleRumble.com, make your own picks for No Mercy. And for anyone who hasn't played yet, if, if you still haven't, what it is, I mean, you jump on, there's going to be a whole lot of questions. It's going to be like, who's going to win this match? How's this match going to end? You know, DQ, count out, submission, pinfall, blah, blah, blah. It's going to have different scenarios on there. It's going to have different match types. It's going to have a whole bunch of stuff. When Brock Lesnar is involved, usually the amount of suplexes is involved as well with the pick'em contest. And like I said, you jump on WrestleRumble.com, you get on there, you make your picks, and you win big money and big prizes. Make sure to stay up to date with everything that they do in all of their contests as well on Twitter at WrestleRumble. Also, shout out to Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen is a USA boxing coach, personal trainer, and MMA conditioning expert out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. That's in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Give him a call at 404-316-4516. Or if you are an AT alien in the Atlanta, Georgia area, also hit him up on email. Brian at DelgadoBoxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at DelgadoBoxing.net. If you want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self-defense, or polish up your existing skills, Brian Jensen's the guy for you. Also, follow him on Instagram at BMJMMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing right now. Last and never least, as far as my sponsors are concerned, Williamson Brothers Barbecue has my favorite sauce in the world. It's an all-purpose sauce. I I use it mainly for, for meats, for barbecue, that type of stuff. But it's great condiment as well. I talk about how much cheese fries I eat on this show all the time. And usually it's accompanied by the Williamson Brothers sauce. It's gluten-free. It's it's all natural. You can find it in Whole Foods. So that's just proof right there. But you can also find it in Kroger, Publix, a whole bunch of different places. But it's easiest to find online. Just jump on WilliamsonBros.com. You can grab some sauce. You can grab some of their other products. They have uh, three physical locations in the Atlanta, Georgia area as well. Or jump on walmart.com. Just jump on that search bar, type in Williamson Bros, and it pops right up. Super easy to find, and they can send it anywhere. So check it out. Family-owned business. They buy local. They help out their own local economy. They are a good, good company, good people, top-notch stuff. So once again, shout out to Williamson Brothers Barbecue for being a part of the podcast. Now let's get my stuff out of the way, and we'll get on out of here. All right. Follow me on Twitter, please, at FightTalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I have a Facebook group as well. Just search at FightTalk Podcast. Just put a little like on there or a follow, whatever it is on there. Um, I update that pretty often, so please check it out. Also, please subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. If you're subscribing on iTunes, please rate and comment. Just jump on there. Give me a five-star rating and any kind of comment you want. It helps the podcast out so much that I'm willing to give you some free stuff. Uh, courtesy of the sponsors that I just mentioned. So just jump on there, get you some free action figures, some free t-shirts, some free stuff. I mean, some free WrestleRumble.com entries. Just jump on there, and that's how much it really helps to to rate and and comment on the podcast. So please do that on iTunes. And if it gives you the option as well on Google Play, please do that as well. It really, really helps out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. And last 
but definitely not least, my merchandise is at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, anything you can think of, all different colors, sizes, everything. Everything. It's super accessible, super easy. And if you need it and don't want to use the website, just hit me up personally. But whatamaneuver.net is the easiest place to find it. I have multiple designs. And if you support the Fight Talk podcast, you know I support you too. So anything you guys need, hit me up. And thank you so much for listening. Um, like I said, next podcast will be the No Mercy uh, Pickums for WrestleRumble.com. And that's that. Stay tuned. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back soon.